Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. I'm Jarrett Bailey. That is the freshly tanned Kurt Homiser. Doesn't look tan, but yes, uh, fre- fresh off the plane from Florida and uh, not burnt, though. So that is that is the plus. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm an Irish descent, so I, I burn extremely easily. So uh, I-, I was smart this vacation. But yes, had a very nice time. Very uh, relaxing. Exactly what I needed. And now we can uh, talk some football here because there's really no football going on. But there's always time to talk football. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is the time of year where it is kind of dead, but obviously something pretty big happened today. Uh, the Falcons trading away Julio Jones to the Tennessee Titans for what looks to be at least a second-round pick. I assume there's more to come from that than just a second. But I think uh, I think the official, because the uh, Tennessee Titans GM spoke in a press conference, it is a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 fourth-round pick. Um, and the Falcons are sending Julio Jones at a sixth-round pick. So, uh, give me it's your like take the greatest on this. trade for Atlanta. Jesus, yeah, give me your take on this because, to me, I mean, Julio Jones—he's one of the greatest of all time. He is one of the greatest wide receivers to do it. Mm-hmm. And when he's healthy, he's still, I would argue, the best wide receiver in the league. <laughs> I really, I really thought that the Falcons could have got a lot more. I, a second-round pick next next year and then a third round or sorry a fourth round pick the year after that it just doesn't seem to me you know it, it's not on the same level of deandre hopkins because deandre hopkins is still in his prime yeah but come on i mean uh, even even throw in another get three picks for him get two picks and a player for him i mean i just i really feel like atlanta could have gotten a lot more for him yeah and the fact that they're giving a pick as well along yes. with Julio to tennessee that that surprises me yeah i thought they definitely could have gotten more for him um, yeah, this is, I mean, Tennessee's making out like bandits here because, you know, they replaced Corey Davis with one of the best receivers in football. Mm-hmm. Um, and now their offense, I mean, it's, their offense is going to be good. You know, AJ Brown is phenomenal. Julio Jones is obviously very good. Derrick Henry still, you know, doesn't so, sh- so show signs of slowing down anytime soon. They get Dylan Redunds in there as well. Taylor LeJuan's coming back. Like Tennessee's offense is going to be good. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's just a matter of, all right, how is Tennessee's defense going to look? Because, for me, I think they, their defense has kind of done a complete 180 as of last year in terms of their problems. You know, last year their pass rush was abysmal and their secondary was pretty solid. You know, they had Desmond King, they had Adore Jackson, they had Malcolm Butler. All three of those guys are gone now. They bring in Bud Dupree, they bring in Danico Autry to use in, you know, a rotation type thing with Jeffrey Simmons. So their front seven looks good now, but now their secondary, I mean, they're going to have to rely a lot on, you know, uh, Farley, Caleb Farley, who I think we both have high hopes for and we think he's going to be good. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy. Uh, Elijah Molden, another cornerback they drafted out of Washington. He's going to probably be their immediate nickel nickel starter. Um, Christian Fulton, he's only in his second year. They drafted him last year. So they're relying a lot on young guys in the secondary, which these are talented guys, so it can turn out pretty well, or it could be abysmal. You know, mm-hmm. Janoris Jenkins is really the only veteran presence they have back there right now. So I think, obviously, like Tennessee's offense is going to be fun, uh, but unless they plan on beating teams week in, week out, 45-40, that's not sustainable in this league. So if their if their secondary is good enough to you know hold teams in check, they're going to be fine. Um, but you know, there's never anything wrong with getting Julio Jones. It's just when people are automatically claiming that the Titans are not the Super Bowl favorites, that's <laughs> where you need to pump the brakes a little bit because you know we look at the AFC right now. The Chiefs are still far yeah. better than them. The Bills are still better than them. The Browns are better than them. Uh, I would argue that the Chargers are better than them. I think teams like Pittsburgh, who I think are more complete than Tennessee, so. Even in the AFC alone, there's still teams that are better than them, but they did get a lot better today, especially offensively. In terms of wide receiver duos, duos I think this just became the best one in football. It, they, there's no denying they're going to be extremely fun offense to watch. But like you said, they're going they're going to have to put up consistently 40 points a game because 
and I don't I don't even know if they could do that. Yeah, you could give you, you could give the ball to Derrick Henry twenty times a game, but do you really honestly trust Ryan Tannehill? Yes, he has played great ever since he came over from Miami and his new scene there. But do you really honestly trust Ryan Tannehill in the crunch, in the clutch time to get it done? I mean, you could just throw it up to Julio Jones. You could throw it up to A.J. Brown, sure. I'm not – you know, I, I saw a lot today of people saying that the, the Tennessee Titans are going to be the, the big, you know, competitor for the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely not because Patrick Mahomes is going to make that defense look silly. And like you said, you know, they have some nice young pieces on defense that – for for their sake, you know, I hope that they, they turn out. They got some exciting pieces on defense, but some even bigger question marks. I mean, we don't even know what Caleb Farley is going to be. We we argued all throughout the draft process. He was maybe the best cornerback on the draft or on the draft board. He's got some serious question marks surrounding him. And, you know, Bud Dupree coming off a serious injury. They gave him a lot of money and he doesn't have TJ Watt to look across the field from. So it's going to be all on him. I like Tennessee, and there's still plenty of time to, you know, make some moves here. But they also have a lot of money tied up now because they just traded for Julio Jones. So it's not like they can, you know, bring in Julio Jones and then, you know, sign a couple more pieces on defense. Um, I I still want to lean towards the Indianapolis Colts um, for that division. There's still a lot of question marks with that team too. Um, but I don't know. I guess we get we could we could discuss that a little bit further because. That's going to be a fun division because even even with the Jacksonville Jaguars coming in this year, I don't think they're going to be a, a team that's just going to roll over. Uh, they got some really nice pieces there. Obviously, now they have Trevor Lawrence as well. So I, I don't think they're going to be the team that, that they're just going to walk all over. I, I don't think they're going to get swept by every team in their division, uh, especially not Houston. So it's obviously, it's going to come down to Tennessee and Indianapolis, but they're kind of even teams in, in my on my perspective. Yeah, I mean, you brought up the money situation for Tennessee. They now have the second least amount of cap space available in the NFL, only uh, behind Houston. So uh, they're kind of tied up in terms of money. So I think, you know, with whoever they got now, that's what they're rolling with. And again, when it comes to, you know, Bud Dupree's good. Can he be, you know, a pass rusher 1A? We don't know. You know, when TJ Watt got there, he obviously improved because they had to focus on more than one guy. Um, so we'll see. You know, Danico Autry is by no means a bad pass rusher, so we'll see how they coexist there. Um, but, yeah, I still think that the Colts are the best all-around team in that division. I think they're still going to win the division. Um, and I, I said that today on Twitter, and every Titans fan and their mother, you know, came at me. And, you know. You're, you're, big, on, you're big on Titans Twitter there because I feel like every time you ever even mention them in a tweet, you get a, you get 30 replies from somebody. Yeah, Titans fans don't like me. Um, but <laughs> – and people will point out to my remarks on the question marks that Tennessee has in the defensive backfield, and they'll fire back with, okay, but what about Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz had one bad year. Everybody wants to discount the fact that he was going to be MVP in 2017 before the Rams game, where he dove headfirst into the end zone and tore up his knee. Everybody wants to discount 2019, where he went 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, dragged a lifeless team to four straight wins down the stretch of the playoffs and then got hurt by Jadeveon Clowney in the playoff game. So I'm not discounting that. You know, he had one bad year. You know who else has had a bad year? I'm a Steelers fan. Ben Roethlisberger had a horrible third year. 18 touchdowns, 23 interceptions, and guess what he did the year after? Went back to the playoffs, and the year after that, he won another Super Bowl. I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is Ben Roethlisberger, but they've got a lot in common, especially with a young Ben. Yep. Him always running around trying to make things happen. So trying to, you know, say, all right, one bad year, he's done. Such a stupid thing to say. Like, Carson Wentz, he now has – a much better offensive line, has a much better run game, has better weapons, a better defense. I think that this is the much needed, you know, rehabilitation that he needed to go back to Frank Reich where he succeeded in 2017, had his most successful year that year. I think Indianapolis, if all goes well, and I think it will for the most part, I think they're still the best team in this division. I think they'll still win the division. Uh, they've got far less holes, especially on the defensive side of the ball, than Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So – I still think they're the best team in that division. But you mentioned Jacksonville, too. I don't – Jacksonville's the team that you – know, Trevor Lawrence is great, and then they take Travis Etienne when they still have James Robinson. 
who apparently they're giving reps to as a wide receiver. Yeah. And they already have DJ Shark. Find any way to get him on the field. When when they already have DJ Shark and LaVisca Chanel and I don't know what they're going to do there. And then, of course, they bring in the biggest media distraction there is in Tim Tebow <laughs> because Urban Meyer is there. And they so, need to sell some jerseys. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, they needed to sell tickets. They needed to put butts in seats. I get it. Jacksonville is the least profitable organization of football right now. And they I'm sure that's going to change here very, very shortly simply because of you know Tebow being on the roster. But in terms of that competitiveness, I mean, I think Trevor's going to be really good. They still have a few holes to fill in in the back end and, and their defensive secondary. But offensively, they're going to be, I think they're going to be fine. And mm-hmm. I think that they, they're a team that has a lot of weapons now. You know, TJ Shark's very good. Offensive line's pretty solid, actually. Their run game's good. I think that putting Trevor with – I mean, we saw what Gardner Minshew did a few yeah. times last they, year. They put up some serious points with Gardner Minshew, so you better yeah. believe that they're going to put up some even better points with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so I think, you know, inserting Trevor into that lineup, I think they're going to – I think Jacksonville will win somewhere between five and seven games at the absolute max this year. Um, so, no, I think Jacksonville will be a fun team to watch. I think Houston's going to be a dumpster fire. I'd be, I'd be surprised if they win more than two games, honestly. You know, I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to be playing unless something comes out anytime soon that will kind of give us any insight on onto what that situation's like. But it doesn't look like – it looks like Davis Mills or Tyrod Taylor are going to be having the keys to that car for the season. So – I don't know. They, got, they think, got they got every running back in the book that you could ever want. I mean, they, they got like signed, eighteen running backs on the roster. They still got David Johnson. They signed Philip Lindsay. They signed Mark Ingram. They they just signed Rex Burkett. I mean, yeah. I I don't think they have much faith in the, these backup quarterbacks that they're bringing in, and rightfully so because look, let's look at their wide receivers that they have. Brandon Cook, sure, he's he's been a, a nice wide receiver. Kiki Cutie, eh, okay. Uh, Randall Cobb, way past his prime, so. Yeah, the Houston Texans, you are going to be in some serious trouble for uh, the foreseeable future here. Um, but to your point uh, of the Indianapolis Colts this year, it's it's rightful to to question Carson Wentz. Um, sure, you know, I, I was a big believer in Carson Wentz for a long time, even when he struggled in Philadelphia. But look at the roster that he has now in Indianapolis. I mean, he has, like you said, one of the, the best offensive lines in all of football. And now a young rising star in Jonathan Taylor who, who can just be a bell cow back, take 20 snaps a game, run for 200 yards, and they still have some nice pieces behind him too. And Marlon Mack coming off an injury. Naheem Hines coming off a, or a decent year. Um, and then they bring back T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman. The the Colts have, have done some good things. My only question for, you know, just what, what they've done this offseason, what did they really do – to get substantially better from last year because their their biggest problem last year was getting pressure on the quarter on the opposing quarterbacks. They draft Quiddy Pay in the first round. Sure, that's a great pick. W- what else did they do? I-, I need a little more. They came into this offseason, I believe, what, with the second or third most cap space? They were the third. I think it was the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Colts, and they really didn't do anything with their money. Oh, Kurt, can't hear you. All right, there we go. You got me. Yep. I think I, I think I bumped my um, not. I, I bumped bump my mic there, but uh, yeah. Uh, so what was I saying? Oh, they came in with a third most amount of cap space in the league, and yeah. what do they do? They traded for Carson Wentz. That's an upgrade over Philip Rivers. Sure, he brings you a little oh, yeah. bit more of a dynamic piece at quarterback. He can do more. They didn't really upgrade the offensive weapons. They brought back T.Y. Hilton. Okay. What else did you do? You brought in Eric yeah. Fisher on the offensive line. That's good. You know, he's a good piece for Kansas City. I need a little more. And especially now that Tennessee is going to be having this this powerhouse team on offense, you know, we could still see them make these moves. They still have the money. But I just feel like they, they might have missed out on some of the, the bigger names or some of the other opportunities throughout free agency and maybe the first wave of trades. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And, like, I would have liked to see them maybe go after another wide receiver. You know, I think that would have made the most sense for them. You know, if a guy like you know, Shy Smith was still available, which I mean, he was multiple times when they were picking. If they could have taken, oh, I wouldn't have even been mad if they had taken a guy like Rashad Bateman in the first round. I mean, something like that, just to mm-hmm. give you, you know, Indianapolis a little bit more firepower and offense. Not to say that T.Y. Hilton or Michael Pittman are bad. It's just that you know you need more. So. Right. 
you know, we'll see. I still think that Indianapolis is the best overall team in that division mm-hmm. um, from head to toe in terms of, you know, a 53 man. But, um, you know, Tennessee is going to put up points. I think that we know that. that. I think that was Tennessee's biggest problem last year is that you look at the games that they were winning. I mean, the games against Houston were both high scoring. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, their defense got better at one aspect, but worse at the other aspect. So, I mean, they're still kind of in a similar hole where, and that they lack depth and they're going to be relying on a lot of young guys on the back end. So it, well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, we both like Caleb Farley a lot, and I hope he pans out. Um, and if he does, then, you know, Tennessee's got, you know, a solid cornerback for years to come, a pretty well-put-together defense for the time being if Bud Dupree pans out as a, a good pass rusher, which I think he is. It's just a matter of can he get similar levels of production that he did in Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. we'll see. It, it's it'll it'll be a, a fun division for to watch for sure um i i mean i don't really want to say that that my my rankings for the afc ha- have shifted dramatically after this trade today because are the tennessee titans better than kansas city no are they better than the buffalo bills no yes you know they beat the bills last year but I, i've talked about it every time we bring this up the bills got hit with the covid bug Two days before the game started, they were missing. Josh Norman was their number one cor- uh, cornerback going into that game, so I don't even want to hear it. The Buffalo yeah. Bills are still a better team. The Indianapolis Colts are still a better team, I would think. A more complete team. The Cleveland Browns, I would say, are, are would probably win in a head-to-head matchup. And, you know, I like what Cleveland has done with their defense this year, and that's exactly what you need if you're going to beat a team like Tennessee. Yeah. So... I wouldn't be totally surprised if the Tennessee Titans, you know, pick up some steam towards the end of the year and maybe make a run for the division, maybe win the division. It's going to come down to the last week. There, there's probably no way around that. Um, but like I said, I, I really don't think this has moved moved the pin for me on, on my AFC rankings for these teams. Yeah, I mean, in terms of offenses, I mean, yeah, Tennessee just moved up a little bit. Right. Uh, but Overall, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a whole, I mean, I still like Kansas City a lot more. I still like Buffalo a lot more. I still like Cleveland. Um, like I said, I think the Chargers are going to be really good this year. So there's a lot of teams, even in just the AFC. We haven't even talked about the NFC. I mean, Tampa Bay is still better than them. I think Green mm-hmm. Bay, if Aaron Rodgers is there, is still going to be good. Let me, so, let me uh, pull up their, their schedule here, Tennessee Titans. and Let's check it out. I, I think I did see that the, the Titans have the – they're tied for like the 13th hardest schedule this year. So, you know, do it that way you will. But let's look at some of the key matchups they got. They start against Arizona. Uh, then they travel to Seattle, Indianapolis. Uh, mm. They do play, they play Buffalo and Kansas City in back-to-back weeks. So that And then Indianapolis right after that. And then the Chargers right after that. Or, that is uh, a brutal first half. Sorry, here, wait. I, I messed that up. It, it goes Buffalo week six, Kansas City week seven. Indianapolis week eight, and then the LA Rams week nine. That is a tough stretch of they four could, games right there. They could very realistically lose four games in a row right there. That is, oh my God. Middle, middle of the season, you know, if God forbid if there's some injuries mixed in there, I mean, yeah, it's not going to be easy. And then Pittsburgh week 15, San Francisco week 16. They have, I believe that I believe the game and I believe the game against Pittsburgh is at Heinz Field, if I'm not it mistaken. Is. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I'm 19th. A trip to Pittsburgh in December, that's never fun. Yeah. Yeah. They do have a uh, – let's see. They, they play at, at Atlanta week one in the preseason. So, maybe we'll see huh. Julio in week one of the preseason. It'll give us some reason to watch preseason football. Hey, we never need a reason to watch preseason football. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Okay. Sorry. I can't wait yeah. for preseason football. Exactly. So, <laughs> no, I think – I mean, just what you just said alone. Tennessee, by no means, is going to be a cakewalk, especially if they're second day. They play – I think that's the worst time for their secondary to play all those teams too. Now, mm-hmm. if it was like weeks one through five, I'd say, yeah, they're probably going to start best-case scenario one and four because, you know, it's going to take some time for that secondary to find its footing, especially because they're so young. Yep. When you're finding a team like Kansas City and Buffalo and the Chargers and the Rams who will all be finding their footing at that point in the season, you better hope to God that your secondary is finding their footing too. You're very young secondary because if they're not, they're going to get ran out of the stadium. Mm-hmm. especially against the high-flying offense of the Chiefs, especially against the Bills. The Chargers are going to be fun offense. The, the Rams are going to be so much better. Like th- yep. This is not going to be easy for Tennessee by any means, especially that midseason stretch. Like That's going to be very telling to see um, you know, how well are they – if they go 2-2 two and two through that, that's a huge win because yep. that is not easy. 
Yeah, and you know, talking about adding another another game to the schedule this year too. I mean, there's not a ton of depth on this Tennessee team, and that's you know part of the reason is they have so much money tied up, and, and now they bring in Julio Jones, who has we all know he's had plenty of health issues of, in his past, especially in recent years. So, you know, you better you better cross your fingers and toes that Derrick Henry stays had stays healthy that AJ Brown stays healthy that Julio Jones that your young rookies in the secondary play healthy because after that I mean do you really want to go to, go into a game with Darrington Evans as your number one running no. back no disrespect to him but you know it's a big drop-off it's a big big drop-off when you know you have these, these superstar talents but not much to really back that up just in case. So, you know, you look at a team like Tennessee – or, sorry, you look at a team like Kansas City, you look at a team like Buffalo, they have the depth. If one guy goes down, it's next man up. You know, you're not going to have a, a, a Julio Jones replacement sitting on your bench just, just waiting to come in. So adding another se- another game to this season is uh, – it'll, it'll be telling. It'll be really telling, especially in the middle of the season when they have that tough four-game stretch. And, I mean, let's be honest here, how much – you know, 2,000 yard seasons does Derrick Henry have left in him? Right. I mean, have we seen him peak? You know, I I really feel. I mean, it's not going to get much better than his 2020 his 2020 mm-hmm. season. It's not going to get much better. It than just that. it doesn't happen with running backs. They, you know, they they can be so dominant, but it's such a short amount of time that they're so dominant, just because it's such a a grueling position to play. And look, Derrick Henry is a physical freak, a specimen unlike any other. He's ginormous. He's fast. He's strong. He's He's the best built running back in the NFL, and he's probably the best running back in the NFL, period. But the amount of carries he's he's had over the past three, four years, the amount of contact he's taken, like they've put a lot of miles on yep. that car. And eventually, like I feel like it's gonna something's gonna go wrong. And you know, that's not us hoping for anything to go on Derrick Henry, obviously, but time has told us that yeah, eventually he's gonna start slowing down. Mm-hmm. When that will be, is it going to be sooner ra- rather than later? Tennessee hopes to God not, right? especially this year with that daunting schedule. So, no, I think that, you know, I think the reliability on Derrick Henry is going to start showing, um, especially if he does start slowing down and he gets those minor injuries or whatever. But, no, I do think that Tennessee, one, they need to start bringing Julio Jones. They're going to have more of a reliance on the passing game. I think that's fair. So that'll be helpful to Derrick Henry. But if they keep trying to just keep going back to the well on first and second down each, each try, like it's not going to go well. No, no, it will not. Um, but this, this could be a nice little, nice little segue for us to uh, move into some, maybe some depth pieces that the Tennessee Titans could sign or another team could sign because there's really not too much else to talk about in the NFL. So let's talk about some guys that are still available in the free agent market and possibly even some trade targets because there's still some pretty interesting names out there. Um, you know, one one that comes to mind right away for me is friend of the show, Steven Nelson. Uh, still great. I mean, still a great cornerback. Uh, Steelers had to do what they had to do to save some money, and they let no, him go. Oh, they didn't. <laughs> okay, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. I know that you're still a little touchy on that situation. But anyway, Steven Nelson is a free agent. Richard Sherman is a free agent. Melvin Ingram, Russell Okun. If Tennessee wants some defensive help, there's still some defensive help out there. It's just creating money that is the going to be the issue here. Um, because a guy like Steven Nelson, who is 28 years old, he's, he's not going to take a cheap deal. I, I don't. I don't think. I, I. I would. I would like to think he's probably going to ask for you know a, a respectable uh, paycheck. The thing. I think the best case scenario right now is to kiss and make up with Pittsburgh. I mean, sure, that's a little bit of the fan in me speaking, but I Pittsburgh needs – they had everything fine, and then they just cre- they created a whole new problem by letting go of Steven Nelson. I think right now what they need to do, kiss and make up with Steven Nelson, please bring him back because I'm not confident with, you know, after Joe Hayden and Cam Sutton being Justin Lane and James Pierre. I want – I need Steven Nelson on the outside. So is that an option? Sure. Um, is it the most likely thing? I don't know. I mean, I'm personally, I haven't heard anything of the sort um, from anybody. So I'll say that much. You know, my what, what my word means on the uh, the Steelers organization as a whole, you can do with, with what, you, what you will. But it doesn't, um, it doesn't mean anything. They're not going to listen. Ah, well, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe I'll get a text from somebody later on today. 
But um, no, I, there's a ton of teams out there that can take a look at them. I think another obvious one's the Jets. They have secondary needs. Why not go to New York? I'm sure they have the money to give them. So I, I think, I think, it, I think if the, the Jets are going to sign anybody, it's Richard Sherman. I mean, it, Robert Salo's there. Sherman's going to sign drop. them both. Yeah, honestly, because I think, you know, they don't have a ton of money left, but I think they still have, you know, a good amount of money. So bring in Richard Sherman, bring in, you know, I, I think Sherman makes the most sense for them just because they're a young team and Sherman's been through it all. He's seen it all. He had maybe not a great year with, with, uh, 49ers last year and his defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, but he could come in. He could be that nice piece, maybe just a Darrell Revis sort of thing where they, they bring him in as a, a veteran piece towards the end of his career. Um, so that, that makes the most sense to me. I'm still holding on to hope, still crossing my fingers that Brandon Bean calls up Steven Nelson's agent and says, don't you just want to win a Super Bowl? Come on, come on over to Buffalo. Sense. Yeah, go to Buffalo, Steve. Especially, and, yeah, you play Pittsburgh week one. Go go show them what they're missing yeah. out on night. And Steven Nelson, he was liking three or four different tweets about him being on the Bills. Oh, yeah. And there's some jersey swaps with Steven Nelson in a Bills jersey, and he liked those. And I think he wants to come here. I just – I have a feeling that they're not on the same page when it comes to money. And – um it's 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 a little frustrating because I, I I think I know well I don't really know but I think I know how Brandon Bean's mind works, and he has a lot more faith in this Bills secondary right now than all of these you know Bills fans on Twitter and the couch GMs including myself <laughs> because I am very very nervous going into the season with the secondary that they have now. Tre'Davious White, the All Pro, great player. You can stick him on the outside and let him cover anybody in this league. But after that, I'm not I'm not too confident. Levi Wallace has, has been playing well. You know, he was a, he was an undrafted free agent out of Alabama. He had a few good games, but he's inconsistent. They have they have a, a seventh round pick and Dane Jackson who had some flashes, but really doesn't have too much playing time. And I don't have much faith of him coming in and being the cornerback too on this team. And Taron Johnson, we all love Taron Johnson. We know what he did in the playoffs. I just, I would just love to look out on that field and see Stephen Nelson lined up across the field from Tredavious White, because with that and then Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde over the top, come on, who's scoring points on that defense? I just, I, I have a feeling that that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are a lot more confident in the secondary than I am, and that's why they're getting paid the big bucks, and that's why I'm here talking about it because what do I know? Well, I mean, Ross is only 22, and not a lot of uh, front offices are giving us a call anytime soon, unfortunately. But, um, no, I think that the Bills make a lot of sense. Um, first of all, can I just say the most annoying thing in media is paying attention to who likes what tweets. For the love of God, Come on. who cares? I love How it. many times have we seen reports like that, and it turns out to be nothing? Okay, I, okay. I hate that. But, That's but the one the thing same... I'll say about social media that I hate. I hate that a lot. But at the same time. Why else would he be liking it? I mean, if it dude, if I saw a clean ass edit of myself in a different uniform and it looks good, I'll like it. I don't care. I don't maybe know. Maybe he's just stirring the pot. Maybe he knows. Well, yeah, if, if, I was, if I was if I was a professional if I was a professional athlete, I would absolutely stir the pot. I would do what JJ Watt did exactly to, to the max. I, I would drop hints, I would put little cryptic tweets out there about you know the the landscape and western New York or something just to Watch fans explode. If I was a professional athlete who was a star as a free agent, I would just turn it into pro wrestling. I would be the biggest heel possible. I would tweet out everything that anybody would want to hear about everywhere to sign. I would like everything. I would just stir the pot, sit back and laugh while every fan base goes crazy. And then I'd sign with the team that I never even mentioned. <laughs> I would just, I would have the most fun time of my life yeah. if I was a superstar free agent. And everybody was paying attention to what I was doing. And I, Stephen else is, he's not stupid. We've talked to him. He's not an idiot. He knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. If he ends up in Buffalo, then sure. You can point this out to me and say that I was wrong. But my only, my only argument is he hasn't liked anybody else's tweets about any other team, any other connection to that team. I, I'll, I'll pull up the tweets because I don't have the exact ones, but it was, it was like, like analysis of like how he would fit into like the roster and everything. So it wasn't just like, Oh, Steven Nelson, come to Buffalo. It was like, I'll pull it up. I'll send it to you. I'll, 
I'll fine. show you after the show. Maybe it'll persuade you a little more. Probably not, but I. It just makes sense. It makes sense. And the Bills just cleared cap space. They they restructured Stephon Diggs's contract. They opened up around eight million dollars in cap space. They didn't do that just for nothing. I mean, I, I would expect a move to happen because they need they need upgrades. And, and we've talked about it before on the show. You know, what did they do to to get better than Kansas City? What did they do to beat the best? And yeah, we already talked about how bad their draft was. Ooh, yeah, we did, and I I think I won that conversation. But that's a that's a, another conversation for another day, my friend. But. What about trading for Zach Ertz? That is a hot topic in Bills Mafia Twitter. Um, it's been a hot topic in Bills Mafia Twitter for the last seven months. Since since way before the draft. Yes, I know. And I think it stemmed from, from another like tweet by Zach Ertz about coming to Bills Mafia. But, hey, he has nothing to do with that. He can't choose where he signs. He can't choose where he gets traded to. What do you mean Welcome. he can't choose where he signs? Yes, he can. <laughs> he's, he's, he's on the Eagles roster. He needs to get traded. He's not a free agent. Zach Ertz is not a free agent. He is on the Eagles that, roster. That... Aha, yes, <laughs> he is. I think I, I made got a whoopsies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. We don't. That's we don't edit. Fair. We don't edit things out of the show. That is. Just we don't. That's going to be in footage. This, yeah. So, that's. Damn it. He, he right. is on the Philadelphia Eagles roster. It all comes down to where good old Howie Roseman wants to trade him. Yeah. And you know, there, there's been rumors since before the draft that that Brandon Bean was going to send a draft pick and, and bring in Zach Ertz. And I would have loved it at the time, and I still would love it. Um, I think, you know, with the state that the Bills' tight end room is in right now with Dawson Knox and Jacob Hollister, you need a guy like Zach Ertz. Is he in, a, is he in his prime? No. But he has – he's another guy that's just done it all, seen it all, and still a good player, you know, still a good red zone threat. Maybe not the best run blocker, but that's okay. He can still teach these young guys and help them along – Again, he just has a little bit, a little bit of money tied up to him, but that's okay because the Bills just opened up eight million dollars in cap space, and Zach Ertz's contract is around eight million dollars. I think that the best thing for the Bills is to do what the Giants did, similar to with Kyle Rudolph. I mean, Kyle Rudolph by no means is he a spring chicken anymore, but he's still producing. Mm -hmm. um, and Evan Ingram drops every other pass thrown his way, so you know, getting another guy in there was definitely not a bad idea for the Giants. It's never a bad idea to add more weapons to your repertoire. Um, you know, we know how good the Bills offense is. We know how good Stephon Diggs is. They bring in Emmanuel Sanders. Um, still got Gabe Davis. So, no, they've got a really solid collection of receivers. You know, run game-wise, that's still a mystery. You know, yes, they have Singletary and Moss. None of them are did, really – Did you see the picture of, of Devin Singletary this offseason? I don't know if that, that floated across your timeline, but – Probably. I've seen too many running backs with massive thighs and or massive arms this offseason to really keep track okay. of who's who. But Devin Singletary, I would argue, probably put on around 20 pounds of muscle. He is absolutely jacked right now. And maybe that's a bad thing because maybe he'll slow down a little bit. But he looks like he will run through everybody and anybody on that field. And I, I've been I've been saying since he was drafted that I didn't I don't really love him as RB1, but I, I I'd be lying if I, I said that I wasn't a little excited now because yeah no that's fine it's just you know we've seen a lot of Jack YouTube sucks so hopefully he doesn't fall into that category. Tim Tebow. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Tim Tebow is absolutely we're yoked. not talking about Tim Tebow on the show anymore ever. I don't, I don't think we ever really spent any time to talk about Tim Tebow. Right I mentioned him talk. earlier. But... No, no no but we never had like a even after he signed I don't think we had like a little segment of just talking about like. It's because I tweeted enough about it where I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> that's fair. I, I really don't want to talk about it either so. Yeah um, but Go ahead, Devin Phil. Singletary, very big, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Now, that's just the biggest thing for their offense for me is that are they going to do anything? You know, the run game is, wasn't you know anything special last year. I'd like to see Moss or Singletary take a little bit of a jump. Somebody kind of take control of the running back room. You know, yes, it's going to be a running back by committee, but somebody's got to take over that one A role. I don't mm -hmm. know who it's going to be, but um, I would like to see a little bit more of a balanced attack from Buffalo, especially you know when it comes to playoff time. You know, we know that they can beat, you know, the solid playoff teams, but it's all going to come down to, hey, we got to build to beat Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, last year they hopped out to the early lead and then it turned into a toilet salad. So you, you don't ever want to hop out to an early lead against the Kansas City Chiefs. That is, you, you could go up by 40 points and I would still not be comfortable being up 40 points on the Kansas City Chiefs. They are well, just. Well, Texans were up by 24 and they still. Exactly. They're, they're just that, that kind of team. Um, but to your point of, you know, 
having an emerging running back one, I don't think they necessarily need one to be successful or, or beat a team like Kansas City because the pass game just worked. It, it just flat out worked last last year. And if that's going to happen, you don't need to hand the ball off even 15 times a game. I mean, if you look at the game against Seattle last year, Pete Carroll said, you know, I was not expecting them to throw the ball that much because Josh Allen just found everybody. Everybody was getting wide open. Everybody was finding space. Josh Allen was hitting everybody. You take what the teams give you. You know, if they're locking down the off or if they're locking locking down the wide receivers more, sure, you know, you, you'd like to have a, an RB1 that you can hand the ball off to. But they got Devin Singletary. They got Zach Moss. They have Matt Breida now, too, who's kind of maybe an underrated signing. Um, extremely fast player. I mean, so fast that people. people I feel like that's that. that's the only thing on Matt Breida's scouting report is that. Uh, okay, but that, that but that's exactly what the Bills were lacking was speed. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Ball. Yeah, it just reminds me. You, you remember the longest yard whenever uh, the cons are putting together a team and uh, the little spy under guys reporting back to everybody. He's talking about uh, Nelly's character. He's like, he's so fast. He makes fast people look not fast. Yeah, that's just that's just what I feel like every Bills fan is talking about Matt Breida right now. It's just, hey, he's fast. They're like, yeah, it, I know he's fast. Great. It's exciting so, though because I've seen Devin Singletary get chased down when he has like three yard step on a guy. I mean, he's. They don't have the breakaway guy, and now they, they kind of have that piece in Matt Breida. And I, I always circle back to this, but I, I really think that they could do what the 49ers did and just have that three-headed monster in the running back room because, like I said, you do not need to focus on the run game. You don't need to be a, a ground-and-pound team. No, The pass game works. I mean, Josh Allen will run run the ball himself. He'll have more running rushing yards than any running back on the team. I mean, he will Which do it probably himself. isn't what you want. Hey, if he's stiff arming guys, as long as he can stay healthy, I'm fine with it. But that's the, I just, I have nightmares about the day that he goes down and he doesn't get back up. So <laughs> please find me a running back eventually. But like we said, they opened up $8 million in cap space. If they use that on a, on a corner, if they use that on a, a tight end, if they use that even on a, a defensive tackle, which I still think is a, a slept on need for the Bills. There's still some holes to fill. They're they're a good team, but every team can upgrade at any time. It's always about getting better. So, still plenty of time in this offseason. I mean, we're we're only in OTAs, and yeah. of course, every rookie is looking great in OTAs, looking like a ne- the next. Najee Harris looks like a million bucks. Exactly. You're 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 the 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 exact example that I was looking for there. Najee yeah. Harris is rushing for 2,500 yards this year. Might be the first. No. <laughs> might be the first 3,000 yard back according to Jarrett. I will touch on this before we go into my list thing. Najee Harris looks fantastic. Pat Fryermuth is looking good. Um, so I'm happy. The only thing I'm worried about: offensive line, secondary. Two. Of them. Big things that I don't want to be worried about in, and in, in June. Probably, probably quarterback too, but that's no Ben Roethlisberger's fine. Okay, you, yeah. do you want to talk about some quarterbacks then? Because yeah, you, you had some riveting conversations on Twitter today with. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call them conversations as much as I would say people not liking my list, which is not <laughs> that. That seems like that's a that's a normal thing. But, uh, well, here's the thing. I could I could put together a list that would make you know 99 of people happy. There's still always going to be that one. You're never going to please everybody, and I'm fine with that. And you know, our our buddy Matt Verderam taught me that a long time ago. Is that you're never going to please everybody, mm-hmm. so don't be afraid to put out your opinions. And I'm not afraid to put out my opinions. Good. Um. So, what, what was maybe the the most talked about quarterback on your list? Because I don't, I don't want to run through all one through 35, but right. maybe, maybe some ones that were getting talked about the most. All right. I'll run through the top 10-ish real quick, okay. just so everybody has a feel. So one through 10, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen are my top five. Six through 10, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. All right, what, my- what were the hot takes? And we'll, we'll go to every 10. So what was maybe... What people kept bringing up the most, I would I would guess maybe the Justin Herbert one was surprisingly. I didn't get a lot of feedback on that. Okay. And I thought I would. I yeah. feel totally. You know, I was doing this. I was like, like, would I take Justin Herbert over Dak Prescott? Yeah. Would I take him over Kyler Murray? Yeah. Would I take him over Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Like, I get. You know, it's everyone wants to point out. Oh, it's just one year. Well, I remember a few years ago whenever Lamar Jackson had a pretty good <laughs> year, and everybody and their mother was telling me he's the greatest thing in the world, yes. and then he's done nothing but get productively worse since mm-hmm. then. So. You know, I, think, I, I think my only question for your top 10 here is 
Dak Prescott one because in my entire time knowing you and working with you in podcasts, all all you've really done it is just rag on Dak Prescott. And yeah. I have him sitting at number eight. So elaborate, please. So, and I said this I think a few times last year during the season. I was probably wrong about Dak Prescott, okay. um, and it's sad that it took him getting injured to find out just how important he was to that team. Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott is so damn valuable to Dallas. Mm -hmm. And I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm fine saying that Dak Prescott needs to get more credit than what I ever gave him. And that I can own that seeing what they turned into without him. <laughs> it was abysmal, you know, from Andy Dalton to Garrett Gilbert. And it was bad. The, um, guy, the guy was still like beating a ton of starting quarterbacks until like, Week 15. I mean, he was leading leading other quarterbacks that have started every week since he got injured. He was leading them in passing yards and passing touchdowns. I mean, he was putting on like he was putting on a show in that first yes. you know quarter and a half of a season in terms of passing yards and keeping them in games that their defense simply didn't want to keep them in. Mm -hmm. So Dak deserves a lot more credit, and I'm going to start giving it to him because it was definitely proven how valuable he is to that team. Um, but in terms of Justin Herbert, there's he. I think this is a rookie with a beat-up yeah. offensive line all season long, a defense that it was a poorly coached team, first of all, a defense that got battered with injuries again. So, no, Justin Herbert, I'm fine putting him at seven. I don't yeah. care if it's just one year. You know, as of right now, these are the guys who I think are the best, who I would take. And Justin Herbert, seven. There's not too many other guys I would take in front of him. So I think he's only going to get better. I mean, he put up, what, 36 total touchdowns on his rookie year. Mm. Imagine what he's going to do now. Yep. He's only going to keep getting better. So I'm fine having Justin Herbert at seven. Um, 11 through 20, people got mad that I put Trevor Lawrence 20. You know, he's a rookie and everything. There were some people who accepted the fact that I put rookies in this list. There were some who weren't. That's fine. I get that some people don't like rookies in the list. I put them in there um, simply because, you know, all right, if you're taking a quarterback now and I had, you know, gave you the option, do you want, you know, I mean, do you want Gardner Minshew or Trevor Lawrence? Well, obviously Jacksonville wanted Trevor Lawrence. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's fine putting him there. And there's going to be guys that climb up this list that I have kind of low. Um, I have Trey Lance, 29, and Justin Fields, 33. I think both of them are going to hop up this list. I think both of them are going to do fine. Um, other guys, now, we talked about Philadelphia a little bit. The amount of Jalen Hurts stands that I ran into on Twitter. My God, you would have thought I kicked a kitten. <laughs> My good. Look, I, I, think, I think the only, only argument I would have – Move him up over Jameis Winston. I I, I just Jameis Winston can at least throw. He might throw on. a lot of he might throw I, a lot of interceptions, but he's got a cannon. Jalen Hurts does it. I I would I would take right now Jalen Hurts over Jameis Winston. I really that would. is where you and I differ, my friend. Jalen Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts can and again Jalen Hurts is a only, Jalen Hurts is a poor man's Lamar Jackson. You look at his passing stats last year. He completed fifty two percent of his balls. He was so look, look what he's throwing to. Look what he's throwing to. Okay. Okay. So I went, okay. How consistent was his passing? It wasn't. Okay. But look what he's throwing to. I mean, the, the only, maybe I just feel the pain. Okay. I him. remember, I remember the year before where Carson once was taking that same ragged ass team to the playoffs. And then finally it catches up with him. Everybody wants to jump on Carson once, but praise Jalen Hurts for it. You can't have it both ways, people. Hey, so I, I, I have always been, I have always been a believer in Carson once. I, I, I was know you have. I was down bad on him last year. I, I know, rightfully so, but I still believed him and believed in him deep down. It's, maybe, maybe I just feel it, feel the pain for Jalen Hurts because of. The, I'm just, I'm just a homer. I'm a Buffalo Bills guy. I'm Josh Allen. Josh Allen started off slow. Josh Allen had Kelvin Benjamin to throw to his rookie year. Maybe I just feel that pain that I'm not giving up on Jalen Hurts. But again, you know this this list, your list is right now, not not predicting the future right now. Who's right the, the hell now. Give me Jalen Hurts over Jameis Winston. I'm sorry. I'm you sorry. can have Jalen Hurts. I'll take Jameis. I'll I, throw, I, I would, still throw three interceptions, but I'll throw five touchdowns and 400 yards on top of it. I would rather have a guy that's maybe going to overthrow his, his, his wide receivers than have a guy that's going to throw the balls into the defender's hands. Give me the guy that misses instead of the guy that misses into the defender's hands and has turnovers. I, I just don't want Jameis Winston anywhere near my starting quarterback. Maybe now that he has... 2020 vision and he's going to be well he probably won't even be the leader of the saints because they just love Taysom hill so much but 
just I, I never, ever, ever want a guy that's going to turn over the ball multiple times a game, uh, ever. Please, that's just not how you win football games. It comes back to the fact that he is predominantly a run quarterback first, and you don't win long-term in this league doing that. I don't care what argument you want to throw at me. Tim Tebow, one game, sure. He did it multiple times without completing 10 passes, and look how that turned out. Now he's playing tight end eight years later. Um, Lamar Jackson? With baseball in between. Lamar Jackson, yeah, he had a great MVP year. After that, oh, teams are figuring him out. Let's just send the house on first and second down, put him in third and long situations, make him throw. And look at that. We're winning. So – um, look at even Robert Griffin the third. He had a great rookie year too. Teams figured him out. They kept hitting him. He got hurt. Now he's a backup. Um, this is not new. And if that's unfair, sorry. If now, like I said, I'm the first to admit when I'm wrong about things. Jalen Hurts, if he goes off this year, I'll pull up the list and say, all right, you know, it was wrong. I just did it for Dak Prescott. I'm fine admitting mm-hmm. when I'm wrong. That's part of doing this is yes. understanding you're not always going to be right. Exactly. But right now, Jalen Hurts has shown me absolutely nothing to believe that he's a quality starter in this league. Yes, he can run. That's great. Eventually, you're going to have to make plays. You know, you're going to be down five, two minutes left in the fourth quarter. You got to win with your arm. Jalen Hurts, I don't think he can do it, at least not right now. If he gets better, sure, I'll admit it. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. Like this, there's nothing that I'll ever, you know, hide behind. I'm okay admitting I'm wrong. Right Mm -hmm. now, though, Jalen Hurts, I would take Jameis Winston over him. Uh, Yes, Mm. Jameis is a. Wait, hang on. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to look up something. Okay, yes, you can look up something. Yes, Jameis, we, you know how we all feel about Jameis Winston. Kurt and I have made it. Kurt and I made it a special when he got 30 <laughs> interceptions last year or two years uh, ago, however how long ago that was. We were tracking this from weeks 14 to 17. We were making it an event on this show to see if Jameis Winston would get to 30 interceptions. We celebrated. We made a T-shirt when Jameis Winston got to 30 interceptions. Like, Okay, wait, I, I, found, I found what I was looking up here. Okay. The Philadelphia Eagles will be welcoming the New Orleans Saints to Philly week 11. Cool. Towards the end of the year, maybe we'll see, crossing our fingers, we'll see Jameis Winston versus Jalen Hurts. I would love for that. I would love for that to happen. Let me say this. I'm not big on Jameis Winston either. I think the Saints are going to be bad. I, just because, the, I mean, you did rank him thirty fourth, so it's not I like read, yeah, it's not like yeah, it's not like I put Jameis fifteenth. Like Jameis we're, is bad too. We're arguing one one position higher, so it's not yes. not a huge argument here. I'm just saying that I would much rather have Jalen Hurts lead the ship for me than I would rather have Jameis Winston. But week eleven, week eleven, we have to remember this week eleven. Let's hope that Jameis Winston is going up against Jalen Hurts because that would be fun. That would we'll be bring fun on Mike Tanier. We'll make an entire event out of it. It'll be so fun. Week eleven, I'm gonna. Okay. Texting Mike Tanner right after the show. <laughs> all right, all right, sweet. So, okay, wait. Let's let's go back. We're we're focusing on the end. We never really yes. touched on. 11 we never touched on them. Here. Yeah. All right. So eleven through twenty. I put Matthew Stafford eleven. I think he's going to climb into the top ten after this year. He finally has a reliable offense and a decent defense around him. Matthew Stafford's probably going to be flirting with eight or nine by the end of the year. Got Cooper Cup. He's got Robert Woods. He's got a good run game with Cam Akers. The Rams probably going to win. It kind of goes back and forth with me. Right now, I think they're going to win the NFC West. Tomorrow, I'll probably pick San Francisco. We'll see. Um, 12, Kirk Cousins gets hated on for no reason. Look at his stats last year. He played great. Um, defensively, they were bad. Offensive line was bad. Uh, people want to you know, say that they run through Davin Cook, and that's fair. You know, Davin Cook is a big part of that offense, but Kirk Cousins put up numbers last year. Um, he deserves a lot more praise than he gets. I think 12 is, is respectable for him. Ryan Tannehill, better numbers than Kirk, but they run far much through Derrick Henry than they do the passing game in Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's gotten a lot better, not taking anything away from him. 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions last year, played great. How much of that is because they can just run play action and everybody's going to get open because everybody's biting on Derrick Henry. So not trying to crap on Tannehill, but how much of this is Derrick Henry? How much of it is Tannehill? Um, 14, Matt Ryan, he's getting older, doesn't really have a deep ball. Still a top 15 guy, though. Um, We'll see how he does this year, you know, with Ridley, uh, Pitts, Hayden Hurst, whoever the hell they line up at running back, their defense is still bad. Can't imagine they're going to do that great. 15, Derek Carr. We talked about him a few times on the show in terms of him being underrated. He had a solid year last year. Mm-hmm. Vegas was in the mix of a playoff spot. I think they're going to be a lot worse this year. Uh, but Derek Carr's still a fine quarterback. Would not be surprised if this is his last year in Vegas. I think he's going to be playing elsewhere in 2022. Um, so let's see if he can put on a show, you know, kind of uh, an impromptu uh, job application throughout the 2021 season to see who wants him. Uh, and then 16, Big Ben. Um, his arm isn't what it used to be. You know, it's not going to be a reliable cannon all season long. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of the same this year where it's going to start off hot, but as the season goes on, it gets colder. His arm's going to die down a little bit. Luckily, they have Najee Harris to turn to now if they want to run the ball a little bit more. They just asked him to throw way too much last year. So if they get a solid balance with running and passing, I think Ben's going to be fine. 
Um, 17, Joe Burrow, 18, Baker Mayfield. You can honestly inter-switch 16 through 18 however you want. I wouldn't argue if you put Joe and Baker above Ben right now. I wouldn't argue with you at all. Uh, that's probably okay, just my well, fandom sneaking through. That yeah. that was gonna be that was gonna be my my yeah, big argument for for this section at least. I was gonna uh, say I, w- I was gonna put Burrow and Baker Mayfield ahead of Big Ben, but that's fine. Yeah, no, you know I'm not I'm not gonna argue too much with that. Um, that's probably just my fandom sneaking through, and that's fine. But <laughs> that's okay. um, I wouldn't deep down. would not argue anybody putting Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. And let me just you, point out, I mean, we're at 18 now. All of these are still good quarterbacks. I love mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. Baker Mayfield's very good. Ben's still good. No, these are still good quarterbacks. You uh, you admitted your yourself on, on Dak Prescott. I think I have to admit myself on, on Baker Mayfield here. Um, okay. To me, to me, he still has to prove it. I mean, he still he has to have a he has to have a good year this year. You know, this, they're arguably the most complete team in that division. They should win that division. And if he can have a year like last year, sure. I mean, that's that's even better. We need to see it, but I was also wrong on him because going into this past season, I, I was not high on Baker Mayfield. He was very inconsistent to me and didn't really give me that wow factor, but he did. Toward, by the end of the year, he gave me that wow factor. I mean, they were, they were competitive in every single game because of him. Even when his number one wide receiver went down, they were still competitive. He Odell Beckham Jr. is coming back this year. I'm excited to watch the Browns and – I, I was wrong about make Baker Mayfield, and that's fine because you know what? That's that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about, my friend. That game against Tennessee last year, where Baker just went the hell off. Mm-hmm. That I think that was him kind of saying, "All right, you think we run through Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? I can play too, yep. and good for him." And yep. I think he gets a lot of hate because he does talk a lot. But I would rather have my athletes be genuine in themselves rather than just robots. Baker Mayfield is the furthest thing from a robot, and will <laughs> speak his mind. And I love that about him. And I think both Burrow. And Baker climb this list, you know, a little bit yep. uh, by the end of the year. Carson Wentz, nineteen. I wanted to put him higher, but you know, right now I think that's a fair spot for him. I think he climbs a lot by the end of this year, um, simply because of the change of scenery. He's going to be fine. Trevor Lawrence, number twenty. Again, a lot of people complained about it. Um, I think that's a fair spot for Trevor. Uh, he's got the, I think the, what's the word I'm looking for? There's very little chance to me that he's bad. So yep. I, I think that he'll climb the list by the end of the year as well. While guys like. Uh, Matt Ryan, maybe Kirk Cousins and Ben Slip. I think this is where the young guys start climbing. So mm-hmm. that rounds out the top 20. Um, in terms of 21 through 30, there wasn't too much qualms with that, honestly. I mean, there was a few Giants fans who got mad at me putting Daniel Jones 26, but I immediately said, look, I think Daniel Jones is going to play well this year. He's just got to prove he it. Like, he should, I mean, look, they're giving him everything they possibly can. Yes. He better play well. Yes. Um, but as of right now, um, I did put Jared Goff a spot ahead of him. If you wanted to put Daniel Jones ahead of Jared Goff, wouldn't argue too much with you there. Um, yeah. now one thing that I'm very happy, I put Gardner Minshew 27 Gardner Minshew is dare I say Gardner Minshew, one of the most underrated players in football. Okay. I wouldn't Gardner, argue that. They literally did not let this guy play last year. They put in Jake Luton <laughs> because they didn't want to win. And they knew that Gardner Minshew gave him a chance to win yeah. those bastards in Jacksonville <laughs> deprived us of Gardner Minshew. So I think that if we see a team lose their quarterback at some point this year before the trade deadline and they need a quarterback, I would not be surprised at all if they make a move for a guy like Gardner, make him the starter. He, wow. he's, he's a little bit of Fitz magic. He can really go off. <laughs> he doesn't turn the ball over a lot, though. I'll say yeah. that. He's kind of like a, you know, a more um, – what's the word I'm looking for? More reserved Ryan Fitzpatrick where he's not going to take a ton of stupid chances, but he's going to make a lot of wild plays to keep you in games. We saw yeah. that week one last year against Indianapolis, almost completed the comeback against Tennessee. Gardner Minshew, I'm fine having him at 27, and he's ahead of Tua Tungavailoa because Tua Tungavailoa didn't play well. No, he, I, I can't argue that. But I was a little surprised that maybe you know Jacksonville didn't trade away Gardner Minshew during the draft, before the draft. Because I was very surprised. Yeah, you know they had what I think ten draft picks. They could have, they could have, you know, not a not a day one or two draft pick, but they could have got something for Gardner Minshew. And if they would have packaged that with like a third, fifth yeah. round, something they, like that, they, they could have got at least up. a decent player. Right, and you know I, I think he's going to be a backup this year. I don't really see him starting unless, like you said, God forbid, somebody gets injured and, and a team gets desperate. But if you're, you know putting giving Trevor Lawrence the keys to the city and saying you're going to be our number one pick you're going to be our guy 
I don't really see the point in, in holding on to a guy like Gardner Mitchell who still holds some value. Um, this literally just popped in my head now, and I want to say it just in case it happens so I look like a genius. Gardner Minshew would look pretty nice in a Minnesota Vikings uniform because how long does Kirk Cousins have? Put Gardner well, it seems that they're pretty high on Kellen Mond, though. Okay. No. But <laughs> Gardner Minshew with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Dal- Dalvin Cook, it literally just popped in my head right when I looked at your list and I saw Kirk Cousins there. But anyway, that's besides the point. I – I don't really have any disagreements with 21 through 30 there. Um, See, I was thinking Gardner mentioned to New Orleans if something okay. yeah. happens. I mean, yeah, James I mean, Winston is far from a guarantee of playing right. well. Any Jason team, Hill, the same know, thing. X team that has quarterback question marks, Gardner Minshew, he's, he, he's that guy that, you know, maybe a safe trade? What? I just realized I want – Gardner Minshew to be a Denver Bronco more than I want anything on planet Earth right now. Hear me Why? out. Why? Denver is Denver just feels like Gardner Minshew. Like Denver, like kind of like a uh, I don't know. I feel like they like country music up in, uh, country, yeah, in Denver. He's a country boy. Yeah, he kind of fits the aesthetic of, of a Denver type player. I he rides that, horses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are by no means pro bowlers. So look. I'm not saying that none of them will, you know, earn the starting job, but if they start playing bad and both of them start playing bad, if they start interchanging them, oh, Garner Minshew can ride in and save the day. And I got to ride mullet ride part two whenever, <laughs> <laughs> whenever the time comes. Okay. By the way, I'm sad I never performed that on this show. I think I might have to at some point because I'm very proud of that. It's still hey, in my notes. You, you have, you, you have your, your other show in about five minutes. Just 15, 15 minutes. 15, 15 minutes. minutes yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Why not? Jason will understand. He'll understand. He'll just send it with. What, the, what else do you have to talk about? There's nothing else to talk about going on in the NFL. My list um, again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I said that I didn't have any disagreements, but I kind of do. Um, you know how I feel about Drew Locke. I've, I've been vocal about Drew Locke for many, many months now. I have. Zero to very extremely, very extremely, very low faith in Drew Locke to be a starting quarterback. I know. Um, so you know, you said or you said uh, Trevor Lawrence coming in as a rookie, putting him at twenty. I'd take Justin Fields over Drew Locke right now. I, I would, you know. Yeah, that's a fair argument to make. Um, I, I think I think Teddy Bridgewater getting traded to Denver. I would take Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. Um, I, I'm just not. I'm. I'm a big hater on Drew Locke. I'm sorry, Drew, if you're watching. That's where it became complicated in terms of plugging Justin Fields into this list anywhere because I wanted to stay true to my rookie rankings because, you know, I had Trevor one, had Zach Wilson two, Trey Lance three, Justin Fields four. So I felt like I couldn't really skew that too much. And, yeah, I totally understand with, you know, saying Justin Fields over Drew Locke. I agree. Um, Now, I will say this. Drew Locke played well at the end of his rookie year, gets hurt early on last year. Uh, comes back, didn't play well for a while, but down the stretch, he was clearly getting better. Mm-hmm. So you know, I like Drew Locke. Uh, I hope that um, he can kind of come out on top in this thing in Denver and play well. Um, but if not, then yeah, remember, we're going to look back on this and, you know, Justin Fields will probably climb the list at some point this season um, and Drew Locke could fall. Uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm trying to think of any other qualms that people had. Um, I put Sam Donald 21, Fitzpatrick 22. Do you have any um, uh, anybody coming at you for Cam Newton at 32? Oh, a lot of people. Yeah. Really? yeah. Well, specifically just my one friend who likes bad quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> he does. He stands all of these like running quarterbacks who just aren't going to win anything. He loves yeah. Jalen Hurts. He loves Cam Newton, likes Lamar Jackson. Mm. Um, so, you know, he comes at me anytime I say anything bad about any of those three, which is fine. Um, but Cam Newton has shown me absolutely nothing. That to prove that he deserves higher than a 32 right now. Oh, it's come on. Wait, anymore. I just realized you didn't put Mac Jones on this list. So Mac Jones is a turd. <laughs> <laughs> Michael McCorkle Jones doesn't doesn't tickle your fancy? No, he does not mm. tickle my fancy. Did, you, did now, you know that his middle name is McCorkle? Because I just found that out around draft time. Yeah, I think that's it's why hilarious. they call him Mac. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's hilarious for anybody that didn't know. I hope you laugh. He looks like a McCorkle, doesn't he? <laughs> Yes, I shouldn't so say, look, I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't call Mac Jones a turd. That's not professional. Although Rex Ryan did do it on national television to Amari Cooper one time. Yeah, but Rex um, Ryan's a joke. He's a clown himself. So, 
Oh, you mean you don't have fond memories of Rex Ryan and no. Buffalo? No, no. He went nine and seven one year with Tyrod. Yeah, I have fond memories about Tyrod Taylor, not not Rex Ryan. So, yeah, the Drew Lock thing is kind of weird. Cam Newton, yeah, I'm nothing you can tell me is going to make me say, ah, oh, yeah, Cam deserves to be in the top twenty. God, no, no, absolutely. absolutely Twenty fifteen, Cam, maybe even then he was never accurate. Yeah, he's I don't know. He gets a lot of love now because of who he is, his name. He's still a physical freak. Just can't throw the ball. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. So You kind of need to do that as a quarterback, I guess. Yeah, right? a little bit, which is why Jalen Hurts is 35. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to let it go. I don't Week care. 11. Week 11, there's going to be some fun talks going on before that. And hey, I doubled down on it on Twitter, too, because a lot of Eagles fans and a lot of Jalen Hurts stands were in my mentions. I was like, look, I'll double down on this. The Eagles might win five games this year. That's a might. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with I, this is not a big argument, argument because I'm literally just saying he's better than the one guy ahead of him. Yeah, so. I know. I just love <laughs> egging on the uh, the Twitter yeah. trolls who are gonna see this and yell at me later. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna argue that though. I, I don't think Philadelphia will be a very good team. I think. I don't know. I I don't want to say they're gonna be better than they were last year, but they might be. They might be just. They a won't bit. be. I'll go. They will not be better yeah. than. They're All gonna right. be worse. We're, all right. We'll we'll have this we'll have this conversation throughout the offseason, I guess. Maximum but. for Philadelphia six wins. I think the best that they can do is six and eleven. I think they're gonna be an absolute toilet fire. Okay. All right. Fair enough. We'll we'll save this discussion for uh later on in the offseason. We don't want to use we don't want to burn up all our content on that's just fair. One episode. <laughs> yes. So all right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Um the laces out trivia ball three will be announced later on in this week. Um Matt Verderam is still our two time retaining defending laces out trivia bowl champion um thor nystrom did not give his best performance in trivia bowl to really crap the bed after the first round a new round's being introduced and i cannot wait to show you guys that so kurt and i will conspire oh kurt we can't say no to this <laughs> um sure katie you can i i know katie is an avid nfl history buff uh she would get everyone right and make everybody else look silly so of course yes Get you a boyfriend like Kurt Homiser. Um, So, yes, Matt Verderam will be returning. Um, let's see who else. Um, we need, I, think we, I think we've got to give Mike Tanier another shot. He, yeah, he Mike Tanier said that one. he would be open. Um, Michael Shoddy will be more than likely on this show. Uh, we've reached out to Matt Perino, just all of our friends in the industry who like us, who <laughs> want to come or, on. Or act like they like us, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had Matt Lombardo on last time. That's his first Laces Out appearance. Um, Thor Nystrom, who's made two Laces Out appearances, both of them on Trivia Bowl, and he's given us five minutes. I've literally made a highlight film yes. earlier on Twitter of Thor Nystrom on Trivia Bowl, and it was so fun. So we'll, we'll announce the contestants later on in the week, um, and then we'll see if Matt Verderam's reign of terror ends circa Triple H, early 2000s. I know Kurt won't understand that reference, but all my wrestling fans will. Um, speaking of wrestling, and I'm not going to make an official announcement yet because I haven't been given mm. permission to do so yet, but a certain somebody who is friends of the show, who anybody who watches the show knows who he is, and I have been putting something together that I'll get the okay or the not okay to mm. announce tomorrow. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, regardless, it's going to be a lot of fun. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Kurt, I'm going to let you plug your stuff in a minute, I promise. I've just got a lot of things to say. It's okay. It's okay. Um, and then um, uh, tomorrow, Sports Illustrated, my uh, top 10 Ben Roethlisberger moments of all time. I've been going down a rabbit hole of posting Ben Roethlisberger content mm-hmm. because in a year from now, he won't be the quarterback, and I will cry. It's okay, pal. So I'll tomorrow on Sports here. Illustrated, Ben Roethlisberger I'll, stuff. I'll be here to to rub your head and pat your shoulder while, while you let it out. It's okay. It's just okay. Just, hey, just look, remember it's okay. That, just remember that Dwayne Haskins will be the, the starting now, quarterback for the Pittsburgh no, Steelers. No, the thing is, gone. it's okay because Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> in 2022. It's Aaron Rodgers is going to be hosting Jeopardy by the time 2022 rolls around. That's fine. He can do both. He doesn't need to come to TAs. <laughs> He'll be fine. So, yes, that's all. I think that's all the stuff I have to say. So, Trivia Bowl will be announced later this week because everybody seems to really like it, and it's a fun thing for us to do. Uh, Sports Illustrated tomorrow, Ben Roethlisberger stuff, um, wrestling maybe. Kurt. Sweet. Well, we do have, hopefully, hopefully, we've been working on it for about a week now. Uh, yes, yes. A very fun guest uh, that would come on the show. A young young stud rising star in this league. Uh, hoping, hoping that we can get some confirmation on that. I've been talking to his agent back and forth a little bit. So 
crossing our fingers. We know they're, they're busy guys out there and OTAs are going on. So, uh, yeah, but keep an eye out for that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. Um, yeah, I mean, we appreciate everybody following along and keeping up with us even during this this offseason when we don't have any anything else to do but trivia bowls. But we do enjoy the trivia bowls, so, so keep <laughs> it locked, and uh, we'll have some fun until football starts back and, up. And Kurt did confirm that if Ben Roethlisberger gets another ring, we will do a Vampire Diaries <laughs> quiz. So yep. when that day comes, yep. I will be the most unbearable human being on <laughs> planet Earth. But it's already confirmed that Kitty Johnson is going to be the next trivia bowl champion, apparently. Yep. So right. Sweet. We got We're going to see what happens there. We got a lock in. Remember, remember this. Katie's already claiming her victory now. That she is. So we appreciate you guys tuning in as always to Laces Out. We will see you later on in the week. Keep an eye out for the announcements on Trivia Bowl 3. Uh, we'll see if Matt Verderam retains. We'll see if any newcomers can come in and challenge. Nick Farbaugh finished second place last time. He killed it. So we'll see if any uh, other newcomers uh, to Trivia Bowl can uh, compete with Matt. If Thor comes back, we're going to have a great content piece at some point. So, um, yeah, we'll see who all the contestants are going to be for Trivia Bowl 3, and uh, we'll get them out to you. But uh, till then, Kurt, always lovely talking to you, my dear friend, and uh, we'll, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.